Hi everyone and welcome back to season two of What's the Crime? I'm Grania and I'm Gemma. So we were really overwhelmed with the response that we had to season one of What's the Crime and we are delighted to be back with season two. It has been a bit of a long time coming but we've put loads of work in for some very interesting stories for this season. Yeah, so without going further into it, let's just get started with our first uh, story. And thanks so much to everyone for listening. Hi everyone, um, welcome to this week's episode of What's the Crime? So this week I am actually going to tell our crime story. Um, I'm going to let Grania have a break from speaking for so a change. Sit back and relax. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to get right, just going to get started. So... This story is about Elise Poller. So, have you ever heard? I have heard, but I don't know it in detail. I don't know the story in detail, but that name does ring a bell. Okay, so 15-year-old Elise Poller was born on April 24th, 1980 in Templeton, California, to parents David and Lisa Ann. Now, I just want to say her mother's name is spelled Lisa Ann, but in some documentaries that I've watched, it's pronounced Lizan, I think. So okay. I just, I'm not sure which one it is, but okay. I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so Elise was the eldest of four. So she had two younger sisters, Jennifer and Christina, and a brother, Ryan. So they were described as a really happy family and Elise was described as having a great childhood. The family lived in Aurora uh, Grande, which is a city in California. Um, They were really active in their church and in their community. Elise was a social girl. She was described as this great child. She was independent. She played sports. She was active in her church choir. And in everything I've like researched and read about Elise, they um everything says that she was a, like an extremely gifted artist, and that she dreamed of becoming an actress. So on July twenty second, nineteen ninety five, fifteen year old Elise uh, was watching a movie with her family when she received a call around nine or ten p.m. So she answered the call. Um, presuming on their landline and then shortly after received another call and then she told her family that she was tired she was off to bed okay so that's fine um parents thought nothing else of it like went on with their they must have stayed up watched the movie or whatever so the next morning elise's parents realized that she wasn't in her room um when they went up to presume check on her wake her up so they were obviously extremely worried and they reported her missing so the sheriff um believed that elise may have left on her own accord so this wasn't the first time elise had snuck out of home okay um elise like a lot of other teenagers at that age um tried alcohol and was known to dabble in uh weed so during high school she was actually suspended for five days due to her underage drinking um i don't know i read in one article that i think she might have came into school like under the influence of some substance whether it be alcohol or cannabis i'm not sure but her parents um became became concerned and they actually sent her to a community recovery center Okay. So, in fairness, it isn't hard to see why the sheriff might have, like the sheriff department, why she might have, might have stayed out all night. Yeah, yeah especially she, if she, you know, if it wasn't the first before, time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, teenagers sneak out all so the time. So it's only been, it's only been it's one, literally the next yeah, day. Okay. Um, 
But her family insisted that, yes, she did. She had snuck out before, but she always returned by morning. You know, she never okay. stayed out. So they just had this, like, worried feeling that there was something wrong. That there was something wrong. And they were also concerned about the two phone calls that she received before she went to bed. Like, who were these calls from? Does that person at the other end of the phone know where she is? Um, days passed and there was no sign of Elise and there was also no leads. The days turned into weeks and then the weeks turned into months with no word from Elise. Um, there were lots of like unconfirmed sightings. Um, I read somewhere that local media reported on sightings and um, as Christmas came close that a tip came in um, that said that Elise was alive and travelling with a carnival in Colorado. So like... Ran away to join the circus? Yeah, like that sort of thing, which seems quite bizarre. So bizarre. Um, but I suppose if anything's a bit of hope to a family. Um, so they held And these on to tips this. are just like random Random people, people ringing in, I presume. Okay. So, and that she might actually call home on Christmas Day. So Christmas Day came, her family like laid out presents, gathered round, waited, waited all day for the phone call, but obviously the phone call never came. So in February then, which would have been six months from when she disappeared, her grandmother made a public plea for her to come home. Um, And I just took this from the Santa Valley News. So it's a news reporter and this is her grandmother, you know, having a plea to Elise. And it's actually so heartbreaking to read. Um, So here we go. My dearest Elise, I miss you and I love you. Everyone is very worried and heartbroken because we don't know how you are. If you're happy, warm, well-fed and healthy, I promise you I do not want to drag you home or anything even like that. I just want us to sit down and talk and hug. There is nothing you can't tell me about how you feel or who has been cruel or unkind to you. We can work it out and you can stay here with me until you want to go elsewhere. Please, please just call me so we know that you are alive. My love always, Nana. Oh, that is so... I know, and her Nana was also called Elise, so she was named after after her her. Nana. Obviously, the family were desperate at this stage. They're like, you know, where is she? Like, has she ran away? Like, they just want her to come home. They Mm want to get in touch. They want someone to tell them where she is. Where is their daughter? Then, on the 14th of March, 1996... A young man walks into the sheriff department and claims that he knows where Elise is. What this man goes on to say completely shocks the police and when the country learned of it, the entire country, um, nobody could have ever expected to hear what he was going to say. So this man was 17-year-old Royce Casey and he told police that he knows where Elise is because he and his friends murdered her oh no i know like anyway 17 like he's still just a boy not a man so during elise's time at the community recovery center she met a young man called jacob delashmill so i read in other articles that she knew jacob from like traveling on the bus to her school and then some articles are saying that she knew him through this recovery center Oh, that her parents sent her to because so Whatever, I don't know how she knew him, but it was through one of those. She knew him. So she had gone to school with Jacob prior to him being kicked out. And then through Jacob, she went on to meet his friend Joseph Fiorelli. Um, And I think he also attended their high school. And then another friend, Royce. So Royce was the The boy that came into the sheriff's department. department. So the three boys were known for being kind of like 
troublemakers or outcasts. Um, in one article that I read, the boys were described as like a bad crowd, um, difficult students, known drug users. Um, Just someone you wouldn't want your daughter to hang about with. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like there's it's it's teens, so it's not there's a lot of teens yeah. that can be described. They could be going through a rebellious stage and be described that way. Yeah. Um. So together, these boys formed a band called Hatred, which was heavily inspired by the band Slayer. So have you? Do you never, know who Slayer? No, never heard of them. Okay, life. so Slayer is like this heavy. I assume not the kind of music I listen to. <laughs> no, not when you're going for your morning runs. So <laughs> Slayer was like this heavy metal band, and they were like really popular at the time. Um, and the boys idled them, idled, idolized them. Mm-hmm. So the boys all had an interest in Satanism or devil worshiping. <sighs> you see, that freaks me yeah, out. Yeah, once. This kind of stuff freaks me out too. Once the devil was Once mentioned, I just, nah. I'm like, nah, bless nah. myself straight away. I know why same. I'm saying an angel of God as I think it. Um, so Joseph, who was the youngest of the group, seemed to be the most knowledgeable in the subject. And Roy stated that it was through songs by Slayer that gave them an idea. So during one of their practices, Joseph suggested that they offer up a virgin sacrifice to Satan in order to help get them a record deal, make the band become successful, famous, etc. Sorry, what? I know. And that is so weird. I know. That's like, don't you hear like rumors about like certain celebrities that that's how they got famous, like they sold their soul or yeah, something like that? Yeah, all these like conspiracy theories. Yeah. yeah. So Elise with her blonde hair and blue eyes, who they believed was a virgin, seemed to them like this ultimate sacrifice and that th- they believed that killing her was the ultimate sin against God. So they came up with a plan. And on July 22nd, 1995, Elise received a call from Jacob inviting her to come and hang with him and his crew. I think he said they were going to like smoke marijuana or weed or something. Okay. So Elise snuck out of the house to meet the boys. Rice goes on to tell the police that they went to a rural area about a quarter of a mile from her house. And at the start, it was just like, you know, messing around. Mm-hmm. Like the way you did as a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then Jacob um, actually took his belt off and I think he was standing behind Elise, flung it around her neck <sighs> and started choking her. Roy said that he then grabbed her hands so she couldn't fight back. Then Joseph pulled out a hunting knife and stabbed her over and over in the neck. Oh, that poor girl. Then each boy took a turn, like, stabbing her. So Royce then goes on to say, and this just got me, I just think it's so heartbreaking, and it must have been soul-destroying for her parents to hear, that... Elise was on the ground praying to God and begging for her mother. Oh, no. I know. That's not all. They then sexually assaulted her body. Oh, stop. They left her there where she would stay for eight months. And it's reported in several different articles and podcasts that I've listened to on this that the boys would return to the body from time to time to engage in necrophilic acts. No, stop. I know. I know. Um, so Royce then led the police to this area that he claimed where Elise's body was. Um, so the police went there with Royce and, yep, sure enough, 
Elise was there. Oh, God. And this was literally a quarter of a, around a quarter of a mile from her house. So close. So close this whole time. Her because parents. they weren't searching for her a body. They thought that she had left home. Yeah, well, I'm presuming so. And I actually don't really know what there. It was like it was like heavily wooded or whatever, you know, okay, but yeah. yeah, so close. Um, The autopsy report stated that Elise sustained 12 stab wounds, none of which were instantly fatal. No. Which means that she bled to death slowly. slowly. Oh, yeah. no, that is absolutely I know. awful. I know, it's horrendous. Um, Royce also told police that this wasn't the group's first time, or first time, first attempt, sorry, oh. at killing Elise. So that they'd actually tried to do it before. Um, Something like Jacob and Joyce and, and a third boy that wasn't Royce had plotted to kill her on a different occasion. Um, They invited her, kind of the same type of situation. They invited her to hang out with them. Um, They walked along this like grove or ravine. Now, I'm not sure if it's the same place, I was, but um, they walked along and the third unnamed boy led her down the ravine. And then Joseph threw a knife to the boy, but the other boy froze and couldn't go through with it. So I don't know if Elise was aware that he threw the knife or maybe thought like these boys are just messing because she went out to hang out with them again, again and yeah, she wasn't freaked thinking. out by it. Yeah. Well, she obviously, how, who, anyone would never think like these You'd boys never are devil worshippers yeah. and they're going to like sacrifice me to the devil. No. Um, so, okay, hang on a second. Yeah. Royce obviously took part in... Yeah, murdering her. Yeah, and he took part in the sexual assaults, etc. Yeah, why is he tell? Why is he saying it now? Like, surely he's just jobbing himself in as well as the other two. Yeah. So Royce had like recently converted to Christianity. Um, he was now a born again Christian, and he said that he was riddled with guilt over the murder, and he he needed to come clean and and confess. Um, so he went from a devil worshiper to a born again Christian. Y- yeah. Okay. Yeah, as you do. Um, he said that after the murder, he couldn't accept what he'd done. Uh, he wrote in like journals that he kept that he had had dark side, and he was so afraid that this dark side was going to take over. Like, I'm sorry, I think it did. It, it has already taken, taken over. over. You brutally murdered a girl, an uh, innocent girl. Um, he also had like a fallen out with Joseph and Jacob, and I think he was afraid that they might end up killing him as well he said that the two boys bragged um that Elise wouldn't be the only one and that they planned on sacrificing more girls to satan as well which is terrifying um royce just continued to say that that the only motive behind the killing was to provide a sacrifice to satan so that he would reward them basically um so on march 14th i know I know these stories are just so strange. Yeah. Um, and I will say Jacob Royce was 17, Jacob was 16 and Joseph was 15. They're so young. Yeah. To be into that kind of I know. Weird stuff. So on March 14th, 1996, Jacob and Joseph were arrested and brought in and they both denied practicing Satanism, but they admitted to playing a part in Elise's death. Um, all three boys testified that it had been songs by Slayer or Slayer's music that had actually inspired them to carry out this killing or this sacrifice to the devil. What were the songs? Like, what did the songs say? Like, were they like... So I actually, like, looked up the lyrics. Um, 
it's like they couldn't have been like go and kill someone and sacrifice her to the devil. I think like whatever way you interpret, you can look them up there if you want. Okay. Um, so I think it's whatever way you can interpret. Like it doesn't matter what any lyrics in the song are. It doesn't no. mean you go and do it. No, it doesn't mean you go and do it. It's so um, weird. And I think they're this heavy metal band, you know, that those bands like to shock, you know, the shock mm-hmm, aspect the shock in their factor. music. Yeah. So it could have been, I did look up um, a few of their songs. I actually had heard of them, but never Okay, listened. so from looking at literally just on Wikipedia, they cover topics such as murder, serial yeah. killers, torture, genocide, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Satanism, hate crimes. So there's a lot of weird stuff in yeah. there. Yeah. So they were really influenced by their music and they all testified that it had been them that basically their music made them do it or oh, gave I'm them the sorry. idea. Oh. I know. So Jacob, Joseph and Royce all received the charge of murder. Um, all three boys were tried separately. They all pled no contest and they all received the sentence from 25 years to life in prison with no parole. Thankfully no, so, as th- they should. As they should. So Royce was actually granted parole earlier um, this year, but the governor reversed the decision. Um, but Alan Hutkin, I think that's how you pronounce it, so he is the Pollard's family, family's attorney. And he so said, that's Elise's family's yeah, attorney? Yeah, so he said that the family actually felt okay with um, Royce's potential release, <gasps> um, stating he's shown remorse, he's been apologetic, and he's done everything right and really tried to reform himself. Adding that um, Royce like had been has been an honor inmate, he earned a college degree, and if uh, he was released, he planned to go to LA and work in counseling and drug counseling. They are better people than I could be. I know, that is very I know. forgiven. So everywhere I've read, it's like saying how Royce is such this like model inmate and that he's so reformed. I find I can see that everywhere. And every like in all articles about him. But the governor did reverse the decision, so So he's parole, still in parole in prison? was denied. Okay. Um and her like her family have suffered um, financial hardship due to her father not being able to work following her death and money was awarded at the time of the trial however to this day it hasn't been paid oh my god I wonder why the Pollard family actually filed a lawsuit against the band Slayer so they uh, cited that their songs uh, particularly post-mortem and dead skin mask okay they sound sick I know provided the killers with instructions on how to commit these like acts and the lawsuit it was dropped um the judge reviewed the lyrics he stated that even though the lyrics were repulsive that they didn't direct listeners to create these mm-hmm. acts um stating there's not a legal position that could be taken that would make slayer responsible for the girl's death uh where do you draw the line you might as well start looking through the library at every book on the shelf that makes sense i mean it does, it's a bit harsh to say that every book on the shelf yeah but i know but i mean it makes sense that they they're not directly responsible yeah like they're yeah. just and then, but they actually, the Pollard family actually filed another uh, suit and this time um, adding a devil, I think, record labels as defendants. So this was also dismissed. Um, the judge in this case wrote in his decision that while he found the lyrics to be repulsive, they were protected by the First Amendment. So he's referring to like the freedom of expression, right, freedom okay. of speech. Uh-huh. Um, does this story like remind you of any movie say I don't know like like 
So remember Jennifer's Body with Megan Fox? Yes. Some people say that that film like took inspiration okay. from this okay because the it band. was a band yes they tried to perform this like demonic ritual on her character megan fox's yes. character jennifer yes and it went wrong um so some people do say that that was the inspiration yeah for which the film. is yeah yeah like how it's horrendous it's, it's so, so bad sad. um so while you know I, i've read everywhere about um royce being like so this like reformed figure to me um, the only victim in the story is Elise Poller and her family who lost a precious daughter, granddaughter and sister. Elise was a beautiful, she was smart, she was kind and she'd no doubt a bright future ahead of her and that was all taken away from her so brutally and so viciously by these boys. Okay, guys, thanks so much, as always, for listening to our latest episode of What's the Crime. And don't forget to tune in next week for another episode. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. See you next week.